When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. And it is Redemption Thursday. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. Every day this week, my man. On Twitter, it's at J. Cameron Show. And away we go. It is uh, It's a good day. It's a good day. I can't believe how briskly, at least for me, I know everybody experiences uh, the weeks and the days differently, but for me, this has flown past. I think it's because I'm so eagerly anticipating the game against Louisville. I wanted to get here. can't get here fast enough. I've been uh, kind of obsessed with this week with this game because of, uh, of what it could be, what it could mean for Florida State. And uh, I just did Louisville radio today. And, um, you know, it's interesting. The, the folks in Louisville, not unlike Vegas, seem to think that this is FSU's game. And they believe it's going to be the, the the Monday talking point is going to center around Satterfield's job and and where that stands. That's uh, They are prepared mentally to, uh, to ante up and talk about what needs to be done with their head coach. And uh, I hope they're right. I hope everybody that has that sense, the people that feel like that, are uh, 100% accurate because, really, I have felt that way as well all week long. I feel good about Florida State. I have the one, the singular concern that I keep bringing up. I told people this week I'm a broken record. Every show I go on, and my own show, I I just think Malik Cunningham is going to run wild. I think he is going to have a day running the football because if I'm a desperate coach and I don't have a star receiver and I don't have a star running back, I've got – players that are okay, you know, serviceable there, but not elite, and I have to win a game, well, the one guy on my team that can win a game on his own with his legs, buying time, those kinds of things, it's Malik Cunningham. And I, Florida State, you know, you broke down the second half. I read your piece, Tom, and I know they played some zone, but when they play zone, they never play zone well. They, they Very rarely do we play zone well. And zone is a little bit of what you'd want to do here if, in fact, Louisville decides to unleash Malik as a runner and stops trying to make him a drop-back passer. You know, through the first two games, they just tried to make him throw the ball from the pocket an awful lot. And it's just, 
He can do it, but he's not going to win games that way typically. Where he's going to win games is when you do what they did to us a year ago, which, well, didn't help that we didn't cover anybody and we were obviously confused in the secondary. But, you know, they get him off the spot and they let him make decisions that way. Now, he'll make that throw if it's there. But they give him a run-pass option, and he makes a guy miss, or somebody's undisciplined, and the next thing you know, you know, you fall for the uh, window dressing, and then he's he's out he's out the gate, and I I do worry about that causing this to be a closer game than it needs to be. Yeah, to me, I'd say so. Malik Cunningham is a better quarterback than Jaden Daniels. You know, I yeah, say, yeah, across no, the board. That is correct. Across the board, that he, is a he, fair assertion. He's calmer in the pocket. Um, they're about the same as a scrambler, and he's a better runner. So if you're just talking about which is the tougher opponent, mm-hmm. is it Jane Daniels or Malik Cunningham, I don't think it's even that close. Now, the one difference I'd say is if you can get your hands on Malik Cunningham, there's a great chance he's going down. Yeah, Daniels is really strong. He you is. get your hands on him, and it's not a decided play. You don't know. He might, he might be able to shake it off, and then he's going to break, and then the athleticism takes over. I think, you know, in the grand scheme of athleticism, they're pretty close to the same but Malik is just a better football player across the board. So what I find interesting here is I think both Louisville and Florida State may may approach this the same way, which is uh, let's see what the passing game looks like. Louisville wants to test it. They want to test the corners, and I think Florida State will say, all right, we'll stay in our rush lanes, and let's see if our corners can hold up. So it's not typical that you might find an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator agreeing on the terms of the fight to start. But I think that could be the case here. Because if we solve that problem early and their receivers just aren't dynamic because they're not even close to what LSU was and we've cleaned up some communication things, Mm -hmm. it gets real fun for the defense fast. But if we give up shots and we give up plays as Fuller has done to Satterfield's offense consistently the last couple of years, then you've got to change the math on it. And then you might have to attack Malik and try to force him off the spot. And the reason I think that's not a dead man walking plan is because we're good at getting our hands on guys. It's just that Daniels was excellent at shaking that off. I think if you get on Malik, he will fall, and therefore the play is dead in that moment. So I just think that I'm having to devise too many ways for Louisville to to stay in the game. I, I mean, beyond a game plan that features Malik as a runner. Like, I'm having to come up with a lot of different things that have to happen right for Louisville to win this game. And that's a great place to be in. I mean, I like, you know, listen, the games are played by human beings. They're not, it's not a spread. It's not on paper. I mean, kids make mistakes. Emotions are a big part of football. The fans will be into this game. They are in a desperate mode. Um, so, you know, I, I get that there are things that you can't account for when we're just going over the film and we're just looking at X's and O's. And we're, you know, you and I are having a conversation about what ought to be because. Every weekend we watch games that seem to suggest the storyline will be dot, 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 and the next thing you know it's the middle of the third quarter and somebody's doing something superhuman and it's one of the great performances of the year that we remember when we recall 2022. And then other times, you know, a kid who is typically consistent with his level of play, kid has a bad day. Next thing you know, does a few favors for the other team and you're in a situation where it's tied with 10 minutes to play and it's anybody's ball game. So I, I get that. But just on its face, this is imminently winnable, as I like to say. Florida State rightfully is a favorite on the road at Louisville. 
Now, you think about that for a second. Louisville's won each of the last two contests against Florida State, and in both those games, it was Louisville that lit Florida State's defense up. And really, I mean, it was Swiss cheese, both those instances, very easily. I mean, it was absurd. You know, we got blown out two years ago. I think that was 48-16. to 16. Do I remember that right? It was. Well, that was the day that Mike was staring at the heavens. Yeah, it was saying, an ass oh, beaten. Wow, I've got a lot of work to do. Right. That's correct. That was the game that he didn't even show emotion, and I was okay with it. I was like, he was just, okay, we are not good. This is going to be a minute. Last year was the first half from hell, followed by, hey, we may have found something. You know, and then that started the no, second part of the season. No Jordan Travis in that game either. It's worth pointing out. Right. So, but of course, Jordan Travis doesn't play defense. So that's, the, uh, I, I got you. The I got flow you. of the game. I, and how, you yeah, know, I got you. But what I would suggest is, again, this is a big moment for Adam Fuller because I think Florida State's offense is going to move the football. I, I just, I don't see a way that Louisville shuts down this offense. I don't. I, there aren't too many defenses that I'm sure are going to shut down Florida State's offense. The question is, what do you do inside the twenty? Well, right, red zone, know, right? Because yeah, yeah. twenty to twenty, I agree with you. It's yeah. just a matter of the compressed. Well, field. and what, that's another aspect that does yeah. worry you because again, you you don't have a reliable field goal kicker. You just don't. Until he proves otherwise, that's an apt description of our field goal kicker. It's not good at kickoffs either. We're not good at kickoffs either. So I mean, damn it, man. When we do kick it off, we covered well against LSU. But you know, you got to keep it in between those those white lines on the outside. Fellas, they're they're pretty thick. Don't do that on the road. Don't start this game with a kickoff out of bounds with an already fever pitch crowd into play and a team in desperation, giving an extra fifteen yards. I mean, no favors here, man. Button up, and then from there, you know, I I go back to what I said yesterday and. The wording has to be careful. Now, listen, I've never been worried about uh, obviously doing this show and biting my tongue. <laughs> you guys know that. That's correct. Uh, but I, I'm trying to be careful. There's a there's an there's a way to play to the echo of the whistle without it crossing the line into uh, cheap shot uh, territory. Uh, but I, I would like to see some physicality in this game that um, is a direct response to some of the ugliness that we've seen from Louisville the last couple of years we've played them. And, and you know, maybe occasionally by accident, quite by accident, Tom, you, you cross the line. It, it can happen when you play up against it. Occasionally you'll just, oh, a little nudge across it there. It just happened. But if you get an opportunity, let's take that opportunity. You get that opportunity, let's take that opportunity. It is Redemption Thursday. I have not forgotten. The games are here before me. I'm. I need to go on a run. I need to come on. I need to. I need to go on a run here. I had some, you know, some betters lament going on this morning when I was going over my sheets, and uh, I was thinking to myself, got really unlucky in that one. This one was just w- wrong. You were terribly off on that one. I actually like getting beat when I get beat in a bet. I want to get pulverized. Right, Illinois, Virginia. Yeah. 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 Hey, Virginia, who threw for. 400 and something yards against Illinois a year ago and uh, and went nuts. Turned around and played that same Illinois team and amassed three points. I'm off of Virginia. I'm done with Virginia. There's a lot to not like about what's going on at Virginia right now. They got me. Fooled me. Okay. It's early in the year. You're going to get fooled by some teams. Just like some bad teams from a year ago are playing pretty well. And all of a sudden you go, well, they're not, they don't suck anymore. 
All right, I'm on to you. You look all right. That's okay. But it's adjustment week. It's adjustment week now. We've learned a few things about this group's offensive line, this quarterback taking a step up. You know what I like? One of the things that many bettors across the country have learned is that uh, maybe just maybe Jordan Travis is good. And they're sitting back there thinking to themselves, you know, uh, i got to tell you, Steve, I, I didn't think Jordan Travis could play, but you, did you see the LSU game? He looked good. I think I'm going to take the Knowles on the road this weekend. That's a conversation going on for people it all around be. the country. It should be because the only way that uh, Louisville held down UCF was to blitz the hell out of them, to mm, stop the run. Not what and you're going to do here. And then Plumlee couldn't do Yeah, right. I, I think we're on the brink of having a storyline that says don't blitz Jordan Travis. Like The numbers are going to bear that out because he handled it so well against LSU. I think a week or two from now, that's going to be the thing you see on college game day or in the pregame before they kick off. And you say, all right, in the booth, what's the key to stopping Jordan Travis? Well, first of all, you don't blitz him. Don't do that. Let your front four handle business. Yeah. That's where we're going, and Louisville had to blitz in order to stop UCF, so it's a bad, bad matchup for Louisville. Beautiful thing, and that's why I'll come out the gates. Here we go. Redemption Thursday wagers. I will lay them bare, and I begin with Florida State minus 2.5 against Louisville. This segment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Metro Deli. Woo! I don't see why not. Oh, I did not see a... uh, a celebratory moment there from Wilson. We can answer that question after you run down the picks. Yeah, I will. I'm excited about that. Uh, FSU minus two and a half against Louisville. I laid it. I took the Knowles on the road and laid the points, and I feel good about it. Let's get ourselves in the win column on a Friday night. Begin the weekend the right way, buddy. Wake up Saturday morning with a little, little win in your back pocket, right? That makes you feel That's right. That makes you feel good. You heard me mentioning Virginia a moment ago. There may be a reason. I'm taking Old Dominion, getting eight and a half against UVA. There it is. <laughs> uh, I knew. Yeah. I knew it was coming. Uh, anytime. If you just hear me mention Old Dominion, you got to know then. Oh, here comes the siren. Give me Old Dominion plus eight and a half against Virginia and roll on Big River. Penn State minus three against Auburn. Now, if you were wise earlier in the week, and I may have done this, you jumped on it before it crept up to three. Maybe you got it at two and a half. That'll make you feel better than the three. And I'm good with that. I'm all right with that. I think Penn State's defense is going to shut down Auburn. I don't like Auburn's offense at all from what I've seen, so I like Penn State here. I just need uh, our favorite quarterback there not to screw this up. Don't screw this up. We're going to take the over in that there Liberty-Wake Forest matchup, 63-and-a-half. We're going way over. Let's go. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Light it up. I want 28 points in the first quarter. Let's go. Let's get off to a flying start there, Wake. Over Liberty-Wake Forest, 63-and-a-half. SMU getting three against Maryland. I like SMU to win the game outright. Utah minus 20-and-a-half against San Diego State. Now, i got to tell you something. You guys thought I was shook when Utah blew it in Gainesville, but I'm not. I still like Utah to have a fine campaign, and I still like Cam Rising, and I got this game. It, I will tell you, you got to shop around now. This morning when I made the bet, I got Utah 20 and a half. This afternoon when I came into the office, I checked my picks to the current spread that was listed an hour ago on DraftKings. This has already moved to 21. Now, see, that's a big deal, Tom. You know that. 20 and a half, 
is a whole lot more palatable than 21. It is. Just a word to the wise, too. If you really love a number, you can pay a price to move that is a correct. half a point here and there. Yes, that is so, correct. You know, if you are married to the idea that, say, Penn State, you want the, you want the hook. You want Penn State minus two and a half. Yes. It might be minus 150 at that point. If you feel that strongly, then make the play. And if you, by the way, if you get it down anywhere near one, just pick them on the money line and be done with it. Correct. Yes. Uh, all right. Utah minus 20 and a half. I like it. Western Kentucky getting six and a half against Indiana. <laughs> Holy Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they're going to throw it around a lot. And Indiana has one of the worst secondaries in football. And if you start to uh, go back to last year into this year, you look at those numbers. It ain't pretty. It's a uh, it's a scary situation for Indiana. Uh, a game that they're favored to win. Obviously, uh, there's a good chance they just don't. And uh, at that point, your year is is going to run sour. Losing at home to Western Kentucky will hurt your feelings a little bit. I'll take the six and a half though. I don't know if it's a win outright. I need those points. Ole Miss minus sixteen and a half. Here's a case where the hook works for me. I think they're going to pace Georgia Tech. Obviously, you're in danger when you get a number up this high of getting backdoored. Hey, now, it can happen, but I'll lay the 16 and a half because we're not venturing into that 17 point range. New Mexico getting two and a half against Houston. <laughs> I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Yeah, just just trust me. Yeah, my power rankings, Tom. Just trust them there. I I. I think it's a good number for us. We're going to go with it. I like it. I'm going to go ahead and take New Mexico, getting two and a half against UTEP, and I won't watch it. I'll hold my nose and take that two and a half. I might even sprinkle a little pizza money on the uh, money line as oh, well. Okay. There, yeah, yeah. Just well, little, if you're down little, inside of three. Yeah, a little, little pizza money there. And in the National Football League, I took uh, the Las Vegas Raiders to give five and a half against Arizona. Now, this suggests an overreaction to what I witnessed from Arizona, but I had bad feelings about Arizona coming into the season. Just a whole bunch of, I don't think they did the right thing. I don't trust Kyler, and I have an issue with, I don't think he's going to be the coach. <laughs> I don't think they're, I think they're looking for a new guy after this year. They don't exactly have a ton of weapons to score the points if the Raiders get their stuff together. The Raiders will get their stuff together. And they'll do it this weekend against Arizona, and I'll lay the five and a half right there. I like the Raiders by a touchdown or more, so we're going to go ahead and do it. And there you go. Now, that's all for charity. Some of these may be on my real card. Occasionally, Tom plays a siren when he suspects that one of these games might be on my actual card that I'm betting illegally. Uh, and, and that's fine. That's fine. Sometimes we like to let you peek behind the curtain there. Perhaps if you see a game like, Old Dominion against Virginia or New Mexico against UTEP, you might think, well, that's interesting. Woo! So there you go. Uh, the rest of these non-perishable food items to your favorite charity. Keep score. Some of you will beat me like a drum. Some of you will be beaten like a drum. And some of you will finish out uh, even in the wash. And we're all benefiting charity. And we march on together that's to the right. beat of the drum. There you go. I like that. And that's how that works. And I have... I don't know if you've uh, made all your picks yet, Tom. Don't forget our other mutual pool that we're in to make your picks. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, is there a Thursday deadline this week? I don't think so, but I forgot last week, week two of the season. Oh. I already forgot. Oh, you got your one strike. Yeah. You even got the reminder, too. I got the reminder, thanked your wife for the reminder, and yeah. then didn't make the picks. My wife! <laughs> <laughs>
I'm still mad. I'm still mad. I, I got up this morning, and the first thing I did was make these picks because I'm like, you're week two, you dumbass. You just wasted your, your one strike. That's it. And I had, I had a good feeling last week about some games, but all right. <laughs> you're week two, you dumbass. You just wasted your one strike. Perhaps words Jimbo Fisher said to many a player <laughs> <laughs> after maybe a test went the wrong way back in the day. Now, damn it. I know. Yeah, frustrating. He's going right. to give me five more strikes. It's okay. So, a couple of things to note from Florida State. We'll talk about it next. Jeff Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply All right, let's go back through and thank our friends here on the Jeff Cameron Show. Uh, coming in uh, coming in strong to begin the day. Woo! We appreciate you very much so. And uh, I want to make sure I got to everybody. I, I missed the first question, Tom. Let's start with that one, actually. All right, from Wilson. Yeah, let's get back to Wilson. Do you guys think Jordan being back at Louisville will affect him in a way similar to how Sam Howell performed at FSU in 2020? No, because Sam played the same way at home the following year and and uh i just don't think sam was real good um but by the way we got all the butt advertising coming in quick today the not safe for work action what do we got what's going on here must be as uh, eric angel said a thirsty thursday Mm. um yeah so i i would say well he's already been there one that helps Mm -hmm. he's already played in that building it wasn't a non-covid situation so the crowd will be different yeah it's worth checking on but uh I mean, beyond the first drive. I, you know, one thing to note, Florida State's got to to get off to a start where, yes, they, they meet the moment and they're excited to play football and the requisite intensity and focus is there and all that. But they don't need to cross that line that we've seen them have trouble with in some of these bigger moments uh, early in games. They've seemed, you know, I, I said something to you last time, and of course that happened at LSU as, as well. Our guys are flying high to the point where, you make some really boneheaded decisions early in games, and I think that's a lot of that's emotion. A lot of that is just you know kind of not calming yourself down to the place where you can focus enough to execute. You know, yeah, you want to be intense and you want to be. I mean, I've never stepped on a football field and not been hyped to play because it's a game you have to play with a lot of energy, a lot of intensity, a lot of ferocity. But but it has to be controlled. It has to be smart. You know, it, it can't be uh, the kind of stuff that we sometimes see them do early in games. And I, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room before games, so I don't know what Mike is saying to them. But Mike's an emotional guy. And we talk about teams being a reflection of their coach. And I think sometimes early, uh, there's been a trend for us to be a little too emotional. 
So well, it's just worth monitoring. Could be nothing. Could be nothing. Maybe maybe enough, not enough data points. But I just I, it, it bothers me a little bit. The thing I love about when we're on the road, this game playing out one way or the other in terms of run pass splits is it could go either way with the same calls. You know, your your run pass options, and it's just based on what Louisville wants to do and seeing how calm Jordan was when it was time to throw the football mm -hmm. and how even if he had to get off his spot move off the platform so to speak and make a throw he could because I think that might be the case again in this game I think in the beginning Louisville is going to bring pressure to stop the run and if they happen to get to Jordan great but he's going to have to prove that he's calm enough to handle those things the only consistent issue I had especially in the second half with Jordan was there were a couple of give reads yes my man. I well, mean, it, it's out the gate. And those are very, very tough. I, I never want to sound too Monday morning quarterbackish because you've got to make a read in less than a tenth of a second. Do it now, but there are tells, there are things that you're looking at. Right. And, and the way that you're Louisville. You're instructed very specifically, by the way, if you see those things. The way that Louisville doesn't defend, if you make the right call, it's a score. I mean, really, there were a couple of plays early against UCF yes. where, where Plumlee could have done either, and either choice is at least a 20-yard play. Well, so I think they'll be more buttoned up in this game because they have that tape. But if you make the right choice here on a on a keeper a give or a thrower a run, I mean, Louisville is going to grant you explosive plays. But they, you just got it. That's where the emotions come in, where you have everything settled down. They came into the season believing that their defense was going to be better. And they were already, obviously, very high on their quarterback. And so far, I think if you're a Louisville fan and you're being honest with yourself, you're bitterly disappointed by everything. Your defense hasn't been good, doesn't look to be better, and your offense has been downright stagnant compared to what they thought it would be with a quarterback of this stature and the experience that he has. Eric Angel, let's get to you. I know it was up for a long time. I didn't read it. As soon as it was down, I asked for it. Thirsty Thursday, tall boys on me, Jeff and Tom. Knowles rolling into Derby Downs, Louisville, with Renegade coming down the stretch. Jordan Travis, seven touchdowns is the prediction from Eric Angel, 42-17. to 17. Uh, I hope it's that kind of a laugher. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate your input, as always. I would, I would just tell you that uh, I think Florida State's offense could score 42 points. Yeah, I I'm agree. not picking it, but I it wouldn't be shocking. If that was the case, so that means old Fitzy missed uh, seven extra points, or or we went for two every time, which I don't know, maybe that's not a bad idea. <laughs> but I I agree, it's just about red zone execution. You could have scored in the 40s last game if you executed in the red zone. You think about it. You had three possessions with goal to go. You end up uh, end up with three total points, mm -hmm. and you're yeah, right there. Rather aggravating. Yeah, you leave all those points on the field. Z Chan, thank you. 34-24. Knowles win. Knowles win. Knowles win. <laughs> That would be said with a little bit more emphasis and oomph, of course, if that in fact happens. I picked us in the Warchant uh, report that you can go watch right now on Warchant TV and Warchant.com. I took us 34 to 17. Um, and I I thought that I was being, I think I said 34 to 17. I might have said 34 to 20. I, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, I, the more the week's gone on, the more I feel like I, I probably undersold Louisville a little bit offensively. Uh, but I, I, I stand by where, where I had Florida State's number. It's I think it's – and we talk about what's the race to. Yeah. Want to play that game? 27. That's funny you said that. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were asking. That's my fault. No. Uh, what's the race to? I said 27 in my head this morning as well. Yeah. 
because I have it 38-24. I, I find it strange that we both have yeah. the optimistic two-score victory for FSU, but typically Louisville week is a good one for you, so I'm glad I've matched up with you because Yeah, I nail these Louisville games usually. One way or the other, you call the blowout in 16 on the road. Well in advance. On that Monday, I was like, ah, this is not good. We're going to get crushed. And it, I'm still mad about it. Everything, it was in the air, man. That was where you began to sense that it had all gone south and, and – I, you know, one of the reasons that week that I called for that wasn't Lamar Jackson. It had to do with us. Now, he had the ability to exploit to the nth degree our dysfunction, and I knew that, and I knew it was game day, they were going to be sky high, and we were anywhere but there. You know how they tell you to be where your feet are? We were anywhere but there, man. We were somewhere else and had been for weeks, and it seemed to me that we were moving towards a uh, – inevitable, ugly result, and, uh, yeah, it went, went south. I have not had that bad feeling this week at all. I've had a very good feeling about what Florida State is, where our head's at, where I think Louisville might be emotionally, what they're questioning currently. Uh, the problem is I can't – the one thing I can't get a read on is, is this their last stand so early in a year? Because if so, if they rally around the moment and they lay it out there... And it's Malik who has the ball. Right. You know, then you could have a problem on your hand. You, We talk about seasons, you know, obviously in the offseason. We, we always project. But we all do so knowing that circumstances change, both from an injury front, but also emotionally and mentally. Players... You know, our subject, as I say, to the whims of emotion, in particular in college, is not pro football. In pro football, guys could lose a game, last-second field goal from 57 yards, rip your heart out, right? As a fan, you're sitting there going, Jesus, I can't believe we lost that way. Heartbreaking. And it's on your mind. Professional football, that's a job, man. They are they are buttoned up. They're, it's assignment-driven. They figure out why they were in the situation they were in. They fix the problems. They execute that in practice. They implement that week's game plan. It's a clock in, clock out. Now, game day, you play with emotion. But it's on to the next, as Bill Belichick says. Whether whether you win by 30 or lose by one, it's on to the next. And those guys punch a clock, and you're going to get a professional effort. Most Unless it's a short week and they're worn out or something weird, you're pretty much always going to get a professional effort. And one week does not influence the next week. That's why you, you see fans lose their ass all the time in the NFL because we are emotional and we are invested as fans in a way that they're not as players. Now, that's not to knock players. It's just that's their job. We're, you know, way high with the highs, way low with the lows. And so a team loses a game to somebody they shouldn't, and we're like, well, I don't know. I don't know what to think next week. Well, they're the team that, they show you them to be what they are over the course of the, you know, when you go back 10 games, it's some personnel changes, so you make some adjustments, but they're, they're going to be that team. For example, Cincinnati last week. You know, are you going to overvalue that result because they had five or six turnovers and it's still a game that goes all the way in the distance in overtime? Well, That's were, a statement of how much better they are than Pittsburgh. So, correct, correct. Yeah. You walk away from that game not saying Cincinnati's in trouble, not saying Cincinnati is uh, not as good as Pittsburgh. If anything, I walked away saying, well, Cincinnati's a lot better than Pittsburgh. It took all of those turnovers and a missed extra point and a missed field goal for Pittsburgh to win. 
that's that's the problem, right? But a lot of times fans won't look at it that way. They're, they're like, oh my God, we lost to the rival in our in our house, our own backyard. Can't take anything for granted. I think we're in trouble. You know, you see that. College football is whimsical that way. You do see kids, when teams get hot, begin to believe, play over their head, tree, do things like that, where all of a sudden they're on to something. They've got something going. And if they play poorly, sometimes that can begin to kind of uh, bleed into the next game's performance. And so I don't know. I think Louisville is in a bit of a desperate situation because if you're 1-2 and two and 0-2, oh more importantly, in the ACC, what are you playing for the rest of the way? You, at that point, you will have been blown out by Syracuse, and lost your home opener to Florida State, who you've beaten each of the last two years, you, you probably, if you weren't in love with Satterfield already, <laughs> you're on yeah, the cusp of maybe not playing real hard for that guy. Well, yeah, yeah, if you're that locker room, yeah. If you yeah. don't love him and he's chewing you out for no reason in practice and you're like, well, you're putting us in these horrible situations. We, we just lived it. We have lived it for yeah. the last few years. Yeah. So you see how those things happened uh, I am buoyed by the fact that the people up there who were dialed into the program feel like it's a fait accompli. That's good news to me. It, it lends itself to the idea that it's not going to be a last stand. But Louisville will test us in some different ways. Even though they don't have the receivers and their offensive line probably isn't as good, which is really good news for our defensive front, they're going to test us in different ways in terms of our discipline. Malik Cunningham is a better overall player. The second guy I fear on that offense is Ford, the tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we weren't really tested by the tight end in game one, so the linebackers, I think, are going to be put in a lot more conflict, and we'll see, can they hold up? We're better off of that position than we were last year, but how much better? That's going to be the test here. Yeah, well, you're really, really relieved that Tatum Bethune is is here and is a guy that's played right. a lot of football. He's seen a lot of things. Now, a couple of things that happened in week two for us, week one in college football, Tatum got out of his gap and freelanced a little bit, and a couple of times we're on short, in short yardage situations. Well... I mean, that's where you want to be ex- extremely aggressive if you're Louisville. Let's say it's third, third and one, and you've got tape that says Tatum's going to get out of his gap to go try and make a play. That's how you score if you're Malik Cunningham. You know, things like that. So these are the tests that I want to see, even though we're worried about the secondary and we should be. That's not as much of a threat to me as the tight end game is and also what the quarterback can do because they can put him in a lot of situations where if you're off, if you're off, if you leave your gaps, if you're not and contain on the backside, Jared Verse, if you're coming to crashing down, he'll swoop around, and you won't be there, and here's a gain of 20 that we thought we had bottled up. Yeah, I don't think that Verse is going to make that same mistake here. Uh, I mean, he may, you know, there may be plays where he gets, uh, you know, taken advantage of, but it won't be because of the lack of discipline to do his job on a particular play because we got a lot of film to go over after that LSU game, a lot of it good for him, a couple of them not so much, and they were glaring examples. So that's the easiest thing in the world to fix, you know. And he is a prideful football player. That's a guy who thinks very highly of his game, and his desire to get better is one of my favorite attributes about that young man. Yeah, I agree. He knows what an offense is trying to do to him. He's just greedy at times. Yeah, it's not that yeah. he doesn't know the difference, and that, that's a huge disparity. That's a very big deal. And you tell him in that moment, look, if you stay at home, he might turn right into you and you get a free sack for it. So just stay here because he's going to try and extend the play. He's going to turn right into your number. And, you, I mean, you thought Strahan on Favre was a freebie for a sack. You're going to get one yourself. So just stay here. One of the one of the things that he always got away with, no doubt, in high school and then again at Albany was freelancing because this is what we see on the offensive side of the ball from running backs. When a play is designed to go between the tackles in high school, if you're the fastest guy on the field, 
and you 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 know you're met with some adversity. There's you know the the holes clogged, and you, you bounce, you bounce, you bounce, you bounce, and you always get the corner. And so you're rewarded in a way that's absurd. It, it, it's not just a first down; it's usually a touchdown because you're the fastest guy on the field. And then you get to college, and that doesn't happen. You know, all of a sudden, that instead of the three yards we could have had if you'd hit the hole, you bounce and we lose two yards. Well. You know, second and 12 is a whole lot worse than second and seven, second and six. So hit the hole, my man. And I think Verse learned very quickly, if I am not disciplined enough to stay home, these are guys that can run away from me. These are guys that make plays 20 and 30 yards down the field because I screwed up. I could have hawked them down with my freelancing uh, a year ago. I can't now. Uh, maybe I'm faster than that guy, but still, they, you know, he can make me miss, whatever it might be. You said hit the hole, young man. I thought about the message for the running back room this week on offense. Oh, I can't State, imagine which, that it's anything other than we're going to be mean. You know what I'd have? You'd take martial arts as a kid. I'd bring, I'd bring the boards for every running back before the game starts, and it says hit the hole, young man, and they got to punch through it before it starts. Yeah, I need um, I need them to run hard. That that will be a big key here because if Florida State gets the run game going, now you've got everything in your repertoire, and Jordan is such a dangerous player when 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 defenses have to play honest. And I just you could also possess the ball. You know that's the other part about the run game on the road when you travel like that and you take the air out of the room. I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about running fewer plays. I am talking about the ability to run and run clock and keep Malik Cunningham on the sideline, especially if you get out to a lead. Right. Well, that's the interesting thing is I think Louisville has to run tempo. We'll see what they believe. You'll you'll know in the first drive or two. But I think they have to run tempo in order to challenge our defense to make poor decisions and free up Malik to Correct. go for those thirty and forty yard runs. If they do and fail, and if our offense is productive, doesn't matter what tempo we run. If our offense is productive, if you get out to a lead and their best bet is they have to speed up the game, that's how this thing becomes a laugh or early. You can see the recipe for it. Yeah. It's just all a matter of coming back to all the basics we've talked about. It's fun, and it can't get here soon enough, and we'll have a pregame show. I'll be on that pregame show with you. That will be at 6.30 p.m. tomorrow. Can you believe it? It's tomorrow. 6.30 Brought to you by Zaxby's, our friends at Zaxby's. We appreciate greatly. 17-year Golden Chiefs over at Zaxby's. So right. support them when you get up here. You're supporting an all. They, they too, care deeply. Uh, so pregame show at 6.30. Watch along. I'll also be on that. That will be 7.30. Ooh, a little JC watch along. A little JC watch along for tomorrow night's game. And uh, I'll be joined by my good friend Ira Chaffel. And then you will take over the second half with uh, Gene Williams. And so we look forward to that. And then, of course, there is always the post-game show, which is wildly popular, not unlike the Jeff Cameron show. 10 to 15 minutes following the game where everybody gets to uh, weigh in and uh, join the party. We hope it's a party. We hope it is a continued celebration. Perhaps it will feature Tom Lang shotgunning a beer in victory. If there is a victory, there will be a shotgun. I've just got to go stop by the store tomorrow. I think you'll execute. I think I trust you to execute the shotgun it has better been. than Gene did. And I and I love Gene. Gene looked like a fifty something year old man trying to shotgun a beer. You will look like more the recent student. Yeah, as long as like it's all about the start. It's like a bobsled. You know, you just gotta get off to a good start. Once you do, then it's all downhill it's from there. Sailing. But I, Have I'm you decided about, what you're going to shotgun? Oh, it'll be a natty, 100%. Oh, you're you going in an old school college. I mean, I got to give Gene a lot of credit for going with an Oyster City. He that, that's shotgunned a, an Oyster City. Did the show continue at that point, or was it over? Was that the beginning? We waited until about halfway through the phone callers. Yeah, because you can't 
shotgun an oyster city. Thank God it yeah. wasn't a Hooter Brown. No, I mean my man. It was one of their the weaker floor. ones, but it's yeah. not exactly you know a uh, macro beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, shotgun something light there. You're gonna be a shotgun in a tall boy in victory. No, no just a regular. Now, this isn't a tall boy shotgun game. You know, this is an expected win. Go take care of business. You get your 12 ounces and you go. But it will also be in the latter half of the program because I got a lot of driving to do. I, I don't need that quick little. Oh, you mean driving as a host? You don't mean yeah. driving? No, driving. I as don't a want host. people to. No, there's a lot of navigation between the callers and between Gene and then the visitors. Yeah, there's from the a press lot of box. a lot of buttons to push. The what have things, you? Yeah, the whatnots, all of that. Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. things here in the chat that I wanted to get to on a Redemption Thursday. Great to be with you. Glad you're with us. Hope you are well. We were talking about Florida State's efforts on the road, all those things, and what we're excited about or not excited about, what we're nervous about, what we're really excited about. But I, I'm, I'm going through here, and I see a few of you are indeed uh, the victims of PTSD from several years of uh, performances and games where you thought Florida State was going to play well, only to go on the road and lose and uh, come crashing back down to earth and frustration carries the day. DK writes, I have this horrible feeling that FSU is going to lose this game by one to three points. Good. You know, this was always going to be a bumpy ride, and I don't mean Louisville. I mean Florida State because there are so many one-score games from a spread standpoint, if you're going by Vegas, uh, on the schedule this year. And almost by definition, when you are talking about games where one turnover, one bad call, one you know piss-poor moment of execution or lack thereof, you, you know you lose games because of that. It's little things. It's, it's the stuff that we could have lost the game doing last, last time out. You know, if you think about zero points on muff punts in the red zone, I mean, that, that can get you beat, man. You really ought not walk away from that with nothing, and we did. Um, you think about the personal foul penalty, how dumb that was, and that infused life into a beaten team. Those things on the road in a true road game can get you beat. So they got a lot to clean up. And, you know, I think the, the site's done a good job this week. You've done a good job, and I've done a good job pointing out that there's still a lot to get right here. There's a lot of avenues by which to improve. But I think that's also very encouraging. You know, when you're going through and you're noting not one or two, but maybe five to ten plays that you didn't execute or that you outright botched altogether, you know, just everything about it was poor, that's great film after a win. It's a horrific feeling after a loss because you, you just sit around lamenting what could have been. But after a win and a bye week, you know, I was on with Chuck Oliver yesterday and he said, Here's another kiss for the Knowles. Not only by playing that week zero game did they get the early bye, but they they also got this extra time to prepare before the Friday game that Louisville didn't get. And he was talking about because you play that week zero game, they're going to help you out. They're going to do the right thing by you. And I have here, uh, Florida State, I would think, is a per- as prepared for this game as they'll be any game the rest of the year. I mean, this is, this is ideal. Now, that doesn't mean they're not without – some injuries, and we don't know, uh, we're not allowed to get into those, and we can't tell you that somebody is or is not out, and frankly, I don't know. I mean, we don't know. Um, 
if a couple of guys are going to be able to give it a go or not. And and so, like you guys, tomorrow night, I'll be watching very closely early on. Corey will be in the press box, yep. and I'm sure he'll give us the update. You know, we did know, I can tell you this, we did know of the injury uh, to Bless Harris. Uh, Tom, myself, anybody on the beat, we all were aware of that injury before the LSU game. And we were aware that he wasn't going to be able to give it a go, but we weren't allowed to say anything. I think they were trying to test it and see what he could do. do. Um, it made me feel better about his blown assignments against Duquesne, though, because it makes sense. Yeah, the well, nature yeah. with which, like, that's not any technique anybody's ever taught. Well, if you've it, got an injury to the upper body, then that would explain it. It would explain it, and it did make you feel better. And then... But it, but it also made you sick because that was another injury to an offensive lineman, and you're like, okay, man, really? Is this is this guy ever not going to be snake bit? But there's nothing necessarily along the same lines this week as that. Now we may be aware of some guys that are beat up and they're a game time decision, but there's no oh we're gonna we're holding on to an announcement that a guy's gone for the year. There's none of that right now. There's none of that right now. I can tell you that. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. It, well, no, and if they've done if they've done a. They did practice yesterday and we weren't around for it. We're only allowed to two days a week, so mm-hmm. the last we saw of them was Tuesday. So I suppose anything can happen in that regard. But that's another reason to tune into the pregame show at 6.30. Well done, we, sir. Well, I mean... I, that's true, though. For real. you know, yeah. Because we will go live to the press box. If the Wi-Fi is strong enough, we'll go patch it out there. And we'll get Corey's take on what is happening on the sidelines. Because of what we get to see in practice, we know where to look when the team's on the field to see if if this person's stressed or that person's stressed. We know where to look and what numbers to look for. So around 6.45, 7 o'clock, we'll start at 6.30. But around that time, that's when you'll see those updates matriculate in. And if there is one, we'll share it with you at that point. Uh, (laughs) We got Tom trying to sell us some money uh, for insider trading purposes. I don't think we're allowed to do that. No, sir. No. Yeah. Uh, the answer the, the answer's no, Tom. With respect, though, I look forward to you shotgunning a beer as well, Tom. Also, I would love to accept your money and give you inside information, but we cannot do it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm half kidding. Uh, oh, well, no. Even, even I, whispering that in the air. No, no, no. Obviously, we're not going to do it, Tom. I'm just saying that, uh, hey, you know, we see things here and there, and I, I'm just telling you guys, we haven't seen anything this week that we're like, oh, no, way did they get a load of this. That's all I'm saying. Um, whereas we knew the Bus Harris thing. I was like, I was waiting for the boards to go nuts. Like, as soon as we played LSU, I was like, they're going to notice that uh, Turnantine's playing tackle here. This is, this, this is going to come out pretty quickly. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with.